In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from Psalm 103, verses 13 and 17, and a portion of 22. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103 is perhaps my favorite psalm. Look at the verse. God forgives and heals, redeems and crowns. God satisfies and works righteousness. All ample reasons to bless the Lord at all times. But because it is Father's Day, I thought it would be a good time to meditate on verses 13 and 17. As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. So today let us meditate on God's father love. If you think about it, you might realize a father loves differently from a mother. Now many feel that this is true without really thinking about it. I remember the comedian who said, you know, I tell you how to get good gifts. You know, why do fathers don't, don't get good gifts on Father's Day and mothers do? He says, I'll tell you my secret, I cry. <laughs> and then I lock myself in the bathroom and I call my mother. Others deny that father's love is different from mother's. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice of the Supreme Court, had argued for a parent's day to replace Mother's and Father's Days because she argued there's really no difference. Some argued that every individual's parent love is unique and there are no differences between mother love and father love. It's all a unique relationship that we each have with our individual parent. Others believe that our culture has arbitrarily assigned roles to mothers and fathers and that we've been programmed into these stereotyped roles. And it should be clear that both these arguments cannot be true. Either there is a discernible difference between mother and father love, or there is not, and there is no need to explain its origin. But the scriptures teach something different. And it bears out in our experience. For mother love begins earlier than father love. For the beloved child is in the mother, part of her, for nine months. Father's love begins from the outside. Perhaps his voice is heard by his child in the womb. This means the child must develop ears and hearing before beginning that relationship with a father. Perhaps the father is present at delivery or shortly thereafter. And as the infant's senses of smell and sight develop over succeeding days, the father is recognized. Interestingly, because the D sound is easier to learn than the M sound, Dada is often the first word. And so a child begins life calling for his father. Some mothers report that a most intense or meaningful experience of love is nursing. 
And if you've ever observed a nursing mother, you, you know that you can see that baby needs mom, but that mom needs the baby almost as much. There is a need or attachment love between mother and child that fathers do not have. Most mothers cannot help but love their child. Fathers love by choice. Fathers can walk away if they so choose. It's tragically been proven in our society's experience where half or more of Americans' children grow up without fathers in the home. So if a father has been part of your life, it's because he's made a decision. He doesn't need you the way mom needs you. It's a grim truth, but the Bible has offended many people by being realistic rather than idealistic. Now, even in parenting styles, fathers and mothers show significant differences. I recall more than once seeing a child playing by a radiator and the mother rushes to rescue the child and the father says something to the effect of, oh, let him burn himself, he'll learn not to touch the radiator. A mother will often want a hug and a kiss while a father will ruffle your hair or give you a fist bump. Mother will want to sit at the table to color pictures and do stuff with scissors and paste while a father will chase you and wrestle you. And the mother's role, even working mothers, assumes more time with the child while the father tends to do more outside support, if not as breadwinner, then at least with car repairs and yard work and those kinds of things that often exclude children. Now there are religions which conceive the divinity as a mother or mother-like. Pantheism sees us as all part of God, not really separate from God. Process theology sees God as evolving with the earth, evolving as the earth evolves. Such a God has feelings that we effect. Compare the old idea of Mother Earth whose fate is in our hands. Sometimes you hear echoes of this with those who have made ecology into a kind of religion. Now if we are part of God or God is a natural part of us, then prayer emphasizes looking into our own hearts to get in touch with God there. Sometimes this is called spirituality. And Christians are not in favor of spirituality. We're in favor of piety. Now for these religions, including some that claim to be Christian, God is manifest in our feelings. Now let's be clear, look into your heart may be good advice to understand ourselves. But look into your heart will only confuse our own will with God's will. And that was the original temptation for Adam and Eve. For the serpent said, when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. This is humankind's perennial temptation to assume God's role. To think that we are God, and that our thoughts and our feelings are the will of God. 
But the scriptures teach us that God loves us like a father. As a father pities his children, so the Lord has pity on those who fear him. God does not need us, though we need him. God chooses to come into our lives, whether we ask him or not. As in baptism, he entered many of our lives while we were infants, too young to know the difference between right and wrong. Without our awareness, God is attending to all that we need to sustain this body and life. We call it his providence. And in his providence, he blesses the unconscious as well as the conscious. In other words, he blesses the unbeliever as well as the believer. Just as in a family, you might have siblings, some of which are blissfully unaware of what their father does, whereas an older child might be aware that father labors at a, at a dirty job so that they might have food on the table. So God, who loves all his children, blesses the unbeliever as well as the believer. But what a blessing we have to recognize and bless the Lord who provides our daily bread. And as our earthly fathers denied our wants to meet our needs, so does our heavenly Father deal with us. Jesus said, which of you whose child asked for bread would give him a stone? Well, in my life of observing kids, I've observed that kids ask for all kinds of things that they shouldn't have. Kids ask for guns. They ask to drive the family car when they're age nine. They ask to take your medicine because it looks so colorful. They ask for a horse. All of which a sensible father will say no or maybe wait. So our Heavenly Father deals with us. We often pray for things that maybe are not what we need. And to those prayers, our Heavenly Father says, no or wait. In Matthew, he says, the Lord Jesus says, how much more will the Father give good things to those who ask him? And Luke presents it a little differently. In Luke, Jesus says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who cry to him day and night? The Holy Spirit is the good thing that we need the most. For it is the Spirit that changes our hearts and enables us to love the things that are truly needful. The Spirit is God's own presence, what we need rather than what we imagine we want. It is like we ask for a dollar and our Father gives us a job so we have a continuing income. We ask for a fish and Father teaches us how to fish. The Spirit comes to us as a gift from Christ and the Father to make us ready for heaven, to sanctify us in the words of the Catechism. And God is not merely like a Father. He is our true Father. Our earthly fathers initiated our lives, but the Heavenly Father sustains us every minute of our life. Our earthly fathers guarded and protected us, but the Heavenly Father continues to guard and protect us through His holy angels, as mentioned in the Psalm 103 today. Our earthly fathers provided for us, but the Heavenly Father provides continuously 
Our earthly fathers played a godlike role in our lives for a decade or two. And it is fitting that we honor those who have done so in our lives today. But God is our true Father, who has called us into his household, the church, where he meets us for blessing eternal, where he has made us heirs of eternal life through Jesus Christ, where we shall bless the Lord at all times in this life and the next. May that gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift from the Father above, give you that joy, open your eyes to his blessing in this temporal life and in the life eternal. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord.